Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Um, I had the, the great joy during the week of being out in Sprouts and um, it's just awesome to go out there and see it. Now I tell you, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a buzzing, thriving environment. And um, Ruth, our, our director, took me to the, um, the seedlings room, I think it is, the little sweet peas and um, took me in there and we had a 15-minute little sing-along, which was just awesome um, with the kids. They're just, just so cute. Ruth said it's the best job ever, and I think you're probably right in saying that too. Uh, but it was just awesome just to walk out there again and to remind ourselves of the goodness of God. Amen? What, what God has done out there, what God has achieved out there, what God is achieving and what He is going to achieve through the family, through the staff, uh, through, the, through, through all the people that are involved. Even now, our children are out there using just a, a world-class facility. And, you know, we give God all the glory for that. Um, you know, many people probably two years ago, even when we first started talking about it, 10 years ago, probably said it's never going to happen. Nah, naysayers, amen? And, um, you know, during the course of the week, I, I, uh, I put up uh, uh, the poster of our community centre, which is just over here along this wall here. There's, there's a DA approval for a purpose-built community centre. And I put that poster up because I believe it's very important that we not only visualise the things that we're believing for, but we speak over those things by faith as well. Amen? And, uh, you know, for many, many years we were speaking over Sprouts. One day God's going to build this purpose-built facility. It's going to reach um, community and families. It's going to change lives, and it is. Amen. And uh, right at this point now, we're doing the same thing with our community centre. Have we got the money to do it? No, not particularly. No. But we've got faith to believe God that all things are possible to those who believe. Amen. Out behind that wall there, um, three years ago, was just a big room. That's all it was. was one, well, I shouldn't say it was all it was. It was still a pretty cool room. Had a video projector, speakers, a heater, all that sort of stuff. It was cool. But three years on, now that there's a purpose-built long daycare center out there, how does that happen as we speak, as we declare, amen? And I'm saying that to encourage you in your situation right now. I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through, what the difficulty is that you might be facing, but I believe that the most powerful thing that we can do is speak life over those negative circumstances that we face. To speak and agree with the dreams and the promises that God's placed on the inside of your heart and my heart. You might have dreams this morning that you feel have been a little bit crushed. Well, I want to encourage you to continue to rise in a spirit of faith and speak life. Amen. Uh, Romans chapter 4 uh, talks about the, 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 the attributes of God who calls those things that are not as though they are. I'm preaching better than you're amening. Who calls those things that are not as though they are. He speaks those things that, that might be dead and he speaks life over them in Jesus' name. So I don't know what it is today for you, uh, but I want to encourage you with that. Just like we're speaking, that that um, purpose-built community center is established in Jesus' name. It's already done and dusted. Amen. It's in our back pocket. Hallelujah. By faith. Does it mean that we've got the, 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 the physical things for that to happen? No, but spiritually we're believing God, we're speaking, we're calling those things that are not as though they are. Well, that community center looks good out there. I can just see the roof of it right now. Amen. 
and imagining in my mind right now all the people that are walking through here from a Tuesday to a Friday and all the, all the people that are coming in that are getting vital assistance from their week-to-week needs, amen, for their, from their uh, physical needs that they have, amen. I can just see them coming from the car park and walking straight in there, amen, hallelujah. Call those things that are not as though they are. What things do you need to start to call that are that are not? Hello? What, 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 what stuff do you need to line up with the Word of God and believe by faith and start to call those things that are that are not? Hallelujah. So just feel to encourage. I don't know who it is this morning, but just really want to encourage you with that. Um, is it... Um, oh, gosh. No, don't say it. I'm going to not guess it. Help me. <laughs> Michael? Michael, I got it! <laughs> and Sarah. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm a legend. Let's go home. <laughs> Michael, I just feel to say the Lord wants to encourage you that he's going before you. Amen? So whatever it is, be encouraged the Lord's going before you. So it might seem a little bit rough and a little bit he's going to go before you and, and smooth that path out hallelujah amen michael and sarah hallelujah got it all right so we uh we're going to continue this morning um, in our journey um through the book of ephesians um i i pray this morning as we jump into these thoughts out of the book of ephesians that god speaks to your heart in some way amen that God um, just reveals something of the, uh, the, the mind of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God for your life. Amen. As we share this morning. And we've been doing this journey now in the book of Ephesians. We're up to chapter 4, verses 7 through to 10. We've been on this journey for many months now. And it's been wonderful to go through a book of the Bible verse by verse because we've been touching on and tackling a lot of topics that we normally wouldn't talk about in church. And uh, because of that, I found that so so encouraging and refreshing. And Paul, when he's writing this, um, this first letter, uh, we discover that Paul's enduring his first um, time in prison. In other words, he's in prison um, and Roman guards are watching him as he's writing out the book of Ephesians to the Ephesians church. And the reason that he's writing out the, 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 the letter to the, the church in Ephesians is that he's fearful that the church is starting to compromise. He's fearful that the church is getting too caught up in worldly things. And that's the reason that Paul is writing the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus because they're getting caught up in worldliness. They're getting caught up in all of the glitz and all the stuff that's taking place. And life in the Ephesus church back then uh, was very, very similar to what to what it means to be a Christian in the Western world today. There are many trappings, there are many temptations, there are many alluring things. There's many things that are in our culture and in our society today that want to draw us away from a faith filled commitment to Christ. Amen. And this is what was taking place in the church in Ephesians. They were getting drawn away. They were getting tempted. Many of them were falling away. And Paul's writing the letter to try and say, hey, come back to the reality of what it means to have first love. Come back to what it means to have, know, what, know what it means to do the first works that you did in the very beginning. We, we looked at that um, in the letter that Jesus wrote to the uh, church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 where he challenges them about coming 
back. Last week we saw um, in Ephesians, Paul implores the church to see itself as one body rather than individuals. At the time, uh, in that particular time of writing of the book of Ephesians, there was the, 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 the Israeli people, the Jewish people, and there were Gentile people. And Paul comes with this incredible revelation um, as to what Christ has done for them now. No longer is it Jews and Gentiles. Now because of Christ, they are all one. And Paul starts to challenge the church to see themselves differently. No longer should they see themselves as a Jew. No longer should they see themselves as a Gentile. Now they should see them all as one in Christ. Amen. And that's how we are today. Amen. One in Christ. And I'm so thankful to God for that. So he was reminding them about that. So now the Jewish followers and the gentle followers of Christ are on equal footing. So this morning, we're going to look how Paul starts to move on, explaining that everyone in the body is equally empowered by Christ to serve. Amen. Everybody in the body is equally empowered by Christ to serve. And we're going to pick it up this morning in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. And then we're going to be dealing with one particular topic today that I hope will be a challenge to all of us as we leave this place this morning. So it's in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Bad luck, women. Just joking. And he gave gifts to men. Spiritual gifts, listen to this, are specific assigned abilities to serve in the body of Christ. And in a moment, we're going to come back to the, the thought of this, but the next verse that we're going to look at can be quite controversial. There's a number of different, different takes on it, and I'm not going to open up all the different takes on it. You've probably got your own take on it. I'll share my take because I've got the microphone, amen. But it says this in verse 9. It says, Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? Quite controversial. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all of the heavens, that he might fill all things. Amen. There are many different interpretations of that verse of text there, but my take on this scripture is this. Jesus won complete victory over death and hell and descended to hell, to that place, not from a place of defeat, but complete victory in which he snatched the keys of, of hell from Satan and proclaimed his victory over death and sin, and then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. Amen. He basically kicked the devil's butt. Anyway, as I said, there are many, many different interpretations of that, but that's my take on that. Verse 11 goes on, and then we'll get into what we really want to dive into this morning. It says in verse 11, He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This verse of Scripture there, or these few verses of scripture. These are known as the fivefold ministry gifts, and we find their purpose within the verse there, where it says the purpose of the fivefold ministry gifts is to equip the saints and to build up the local church. Amen. So that's what we find from that uh, verse there. But this morning I feel led to focus on one verse and then to finish with a verse that I feel that God has given um, uh, us this morning as a congregation, but in particular individuals, and we'll come to that verse at the end of our time together, which won't be that long, and I'm telling the truth. Amen? 
not making it up. So this is what I feel we need to focus on this morning. Uh, It says this, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. All right, listen to it again. But to each one of us, who's it speaking to this morning? All of us, amen? None of us are excluded. None of us are like a Gentile. Or Jew. We're all one. And when it says this, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Every one of us this morning that is in Christ has been gifted by God. Hallelujah. Mine's worship. Jesus is alive. Amen. It's not, just making it up. Every one of us has been gifted by God. And recently we discovered the definition of the, 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 the word gift, the day that you were born again, you received a spiritual gift from God, from heaven. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, right? Remember that, when he ascended on high, boom, if I could say that. There was a nuclear gift explosion across the heavens, amen. Jesus went up there and it was like, boom. All these gifts were just Woo, out there. And every time a person gets born again, they receive a spiritual gift. Amen. And this is the definition of the word gift in the Bible. Some of the definitions of it, we define the word gift. You have, I have, a miraculous faculty and inherit spiritual power. Some of you go on, you seriously. I need supernatural power to get out of bed. No, that's, that's you this morning. It's talking about you. Another definition of the word gift, spiritual empowerment, ability possessed or inherited by someone. And this is a cracker. I love this one. The definition of the word gift, a religious qualification. Don't you love that? This is the definition of the gift that each of us possess. Amen. Miraculous faculty, spiritual endowment, religious qualification. The definition of the word gift is defined in those thoughts there this morning. And I believe that in the Holy Spirit, he wants to encourage us, to restore us, to refire us around understanding the importance and the place of the gift of God on the inside of each believer that's here this morning. The early... There is that much Holy Spirit potential in this room this morning. If we could only understand it and see it the way that God sees us. Amen. The early disciples, why I was caught up on that thought there, when uh, in the book of Acts, when some of the early disciples were seen by some uh, people that were outside of the faith, they looked at the disciples and they said to themselves and to one another, these are the people that have turned their world upside down. We have such potential in God, and God wants us to understand that this morning and understand the place and the power of gifts. The greatest secret today in the church is this, that you and I are gifted and endowed with supernatural abilities. Amen. I believe that that's the best-kept secret in the local church today, across the life of the whole of Shell Harbour, probably Australia. Well, no, Shell Harbour's cracking so we'll, we'll keep shell harbor in that but every other place i mean it's the best kept secret people don't place enough emphasis on the fact that not only are you saved not only are you washed of your sin not only are you forgiven but you are being gifted from above hallelujah gifted from above you good looking gifted thing 
But the challenge by God is this. What are we doing about the gifts of God? Hmm. Satan's plan is to do all that he can to deceive and to blind the believer of their full potential. In fact, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. He says this to the church. He says this to us. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. To be ignorant means not to know and not to understand. How many believers today are ignorant and don't understand that they have not only been saved, but they've been gifted from above? Amen. When I was at college, I often got the impression that the purpose of the... And that's a long time ago. I say it like it was yesterday. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I think I had hair. I probably did. But when I was at college years and years ago, studying and, and, and um, being with, with um, students from all across Australia and other parts of the world, I often got the impression that the purpose of the gift was to make us look good. Kath saying to Kim, look at me, look at me. But I understand today what I've discovered, the whole purpose of the gifts are about serving others with them. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it, serve it to one another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. As each one has received a gift, minister it, serve it to one another as good stewards of the managers of the manifold grace of God. Are you using your gift for the benefit of serving others this morning? Are you using the, 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 the gift that God's entrusted to you, uh, imparted to you, uh, giving you the opportunity to steward and to manage? Are you using that gift to serve others with? Because that, my brothers and sisters, is the whole purpose of why you've been gifted. All good? Yep. Happy? gets worse than it gets better. <laughs> Hallelujah. So as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's big picture, right? God's big picture. Through Christ, we both Jew and Gentiles become God's chosen people. Amen. Awesome. We receive spiritual blessings that we receive by faith. We talked about that two weeks ago. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above, far above what we could ever hope, think, or imagine. We appropriate the promises of God by and through faith. Amen. And then, in God's big picture, God endows or gifts us with supernatural abilities for the purpose of serving others with. Listen to this thought this morning. We're not just the sons and daughters of God. We are ministers for the Almighty, sharing the gospel, using the gifts He has empowered us with. And I believe this morning 
the most fulfilled individuals on the planet, the most fulfilled individuals within the church are those that are serving others with the gifts and talents that God has entrusted to them. Back it in, mark it down every time. But we live in a culture that says, no, it's about you, it's about you, it's about you, it's about me. That's the culture that we live in. Is there any wonder why there are so many depressed people in, in our country? Isn't it so sad and so heartbreaking how many people tragically end their lives because of depression? Suicidal thoughts that just invade their brains? Why? Because our culture is so focused on trying to fulfill our own needs. We weren't made that way. We were made by God. We were made in the image of God. There's something within the heart of every person that just wants to give. But we fulfill that, that, that need by thinking that life is all about us consuming because we get brainwashed into that thought. Every ad on TV, everything that we see in the media is all about me, me, me. No, it was never meant to be about me, me, me. God designed us in a way that as we serve others, we flourish, we come alive. We come alive, we come alive. Can't think of the song. Can you help me, Dean? Oh. Josh, no. You hear it this morning? If, you, if you're struggling a little bit this morning, and we all do, there are times where we, you know, you wake up and you're feeling just awesome. And there are other days where you, you know, you can be struggling. But if you're feeling that way all the time, I really want to encourage you. If you're not serving someone, who could you begin to serve? Phil Pringle said years ago, I didn't hear him say it, I heard someone else say it, that Phil Pringle said it. It's like Phil and I just hang out. Actually, he did. He came to our church once in Newcastle. Had a sit down with him. It was awesome. Can't remember too much of what he said, but that was pretty powerful at the time. But he said, because often, you know, he, he said this, he said, people wouldn't know, people think that much of what God has done, and this is probably like 15, 17 years in of what they did. People think, you know, you know, wow, Phil, and you know, the, the gift on my life and all that. But he said, you know what? I attribute much to what God has done uh, because of this couple. He mentioned their names and the gift of helps that was on their life. Just no superstar, but just this couple in his church that had a gift of helps, and every week, every day, they'd use their gift to help see your gift might be hospitality I don't know if mine is but your gift might be hospitality and you're thinking well you know that's not a very big gift hospitality the gift of hospitality is so powerful but you've got to be willing to use it amen so the gifts are so important that we understand that as we give and as we start to use our gift, then potentially that changes our world and our view and our focus and our energy and our joy, uh, our happiness. Everything just starts to lift as we understand the importance of using our gift. So this morning, we're just going to take three or four minutes on looking at why uh, we may not be using the gift that he's given us. And number one, the first thought as to why we may not be is perception, how I see me. It may well be perception, how I see me. I know if I've been struggling today, there are many people here who really are struggling with the thought that you are gifted from God. You are. If you've asked Jesus 
to be a saviour, and if you committed your life to following him, you are gifted. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got a gift from God. It's wonderful. Awesome thought. Amen. Often what we see about us and what God sees about us are two different things. I ask many of us why we're not using the gift that God has given us. I would say it's because of a lack of confidence or the way that we view ourselves. I know on my own journey when the first time someone prophesied pastor over my life, I said, as if. I became a zipper. Zip. Someone might have said over your life, you've got a gift of prophecy. You go, as if. I'm a ziffer too. God doesn't want us to be zippers. He wants us to say, Amen. Thank you, God. That's not how I see myself, but how you see me is more important than the way I see myself. And if I just start to encourage myself in you, eventually I'll come to that place where I start to see myself the way that you see me, and I'll step out in faith and use the gift that you've given me. Gideon was a man that saw himself totally different to the way that God saw him. God saw leadership in his life. God saw strength in his life. God saw potential in his life. That's why when the angel of the Lord came, he said, mighty man of valor. Gideon, though, looked at himself and said, huh, me? The weakest tribe, the least of all clans, I'm a loser. No, but God saw the potential. God saw the strength. God saw the leadership and God was speaking into that. He might not have been that there right there and then, but God was speaking into it. Gideon, you will be, you are a man of mighty valor. Eventually Gideon went on to change a nation. Hallelujah. Turned the whole nation back to God. This was someone that started out thinking, well, who am I? So your perception of yourself is the most powerful thing about you. The most important thing about you is the way that you view yourself. Just about done. The most important thing about you in your life is how you view yourself. Now, don't be up yourself because no one likes that. Especially in Australia. We don't like people that are up themselves. But we've got to understand the potential and the power of being in Him. Amen? So your perception might be, oh, well, God, oh, I don't believe that you've really believed in me that much. Yes, He has. He has. God is not a liar. What he stated in his word, he has done. You and I are gifted from on high. So perception, how I see me. Another one that stops us from using the gifts is pride. How I see my past hurts. Many Christians stop using their gift because they've been hurt. Many Christians are like the bat and ball type believers. If we don't like something, well, I'm taking my bat and a ball, I'm going home. Let's be bigger than that. The truth is offense stops us from flourishing and service and Satan knows this so well and he's a master at causing offense. Once we get offended, we stop serving. Once we get offended, we stop using the gifts and flourishing and the things. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, uh, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. How many people do you know and do I know that aren't in church anymore and aren't using the gifts that God has given them because they've been hurt? 
In fact, if they all started attending church next Sunday, we wouldn't have enough church facilities to house them all. And that's sad, but it's true. Pride, not getting over our past hurts. The truth is there will always be opportunity to be heard in church. If you haven't been heard in church yet, you haven't been in church long enough. It's true. My prayer is for you that you get hurt. Not too much. Hurts will stop us from serving and using what it is that God has endowed us with. You, you get hurt in church. You get hurt at home, get hurt in family. There's always opportunity to get hurt, but pride says, oh, I'm hurt. I'm not going to deal with it. Humility says, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to surrender. Amen? Church is the best place to get hurt. Seriously, it is. In fact, God intends it that way. It's where we learn to grow. Yeah? We should have brothers and sisters alongside us that go, hey, what's going on? I'm hurt. Well, come on, let's get over that. (laughs) It sucks getting hurt, but... It happens. Hurts from the past can stop the flow of the gifts of God through us. We can make private vows like, I won't let that happen again. We stop serving and we stop growing. The key to flourishing, though, the key to moving forward is found in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Amen? Guard your heart. Look after your heart with all diligence, because out of your heart flows everything that will affect your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen? So the second thing that stops us from serving is pride. How I see my past, the last one, this one you're going to love. Thought about it last night. Priorities, how I see my future, too much into me. (laughs) Going somewhere else next Sunday. (laughs) Hopefully you'll get the same thing, except worse. (laughs) Come on. It's good for us. The honest truth is that to serve others with the gift God has given us, it takes time. Think of the worship team that we're here this morning. Uh, Many of us rocked up at 9.35, 9.40. Not looking at anyone. But, you know, the truth is the worship team, they were here before 8 o'clock. They were preparing and and getting everything ready. We, We enjoyed communion this morning and... Uh, the truth is that we had some um, ladies that got here at about probably uh, 8.45, 10 to 9 this morning, giving their time, getting communion already. I think of the worship, uh, excuse me, the youth team on a Friday night. You know, they, they attend meetings during the week for training. Then Friday night, they're here early. They're setting up. See, to serve others, it takes a prioritization of time. Time is the only non-redeemable thing that you possess. When time is gone, it's gone. 
The truth is to be able to serve others using the gift that God's given us, we've got to prioritize our time. Serving needs to become a priority in our life, but what stops us from using our gifts is simply we have more important priorities. You've been given gifts, but the question you'll have to give an answer to Jesus is this, how did you use your gift to serve others with? Amen? I'm done. I love that new red clock at the back there. It's awesome. Nine minutes. I'll do this in four. Hallelujah. (laughs) Jesus will ask us one day, what did we do with what he gave us? Matthew chapter 25, the parable of the talents. We don't need to go there. Uh, Matthew chapter 25 as well. I believe there's the story of the sheep and the goats there. The sheep, the sheep did, the goats thought. Rather be a sheep. The sheep did, the goats thought. The sheep got out, rolled up their sleeves, used the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God gave them and served the destitute, the poor, the naked, the needy, the hungry, the thirsty. They did. He commends them. Well done, good and faithful servant. The other people on the other side, the goats, they just thought about it. Oh, it'll be a good day, a good idea one day. Uh, Maybe next year, Lord, we'll get around to it. Uh, The wind's wrong. The tide's not right. It's a full moon. Hairs in my eyes. He said, depart from me, you wicked and lazy servants. Now, I'm not saying that this morning to frighten any of us. But Jesus plays a hemphy, lays a hemphy emphasis on his church, his people doing over just knowing. And this, my friends, has been the whole journey of the book of Ephesians. Having knowledge, having theology, having doctrine, but also, as we've discovered in the last three chapters, in having application to what we understand and know. This is what Paul was saying as we conclude this morning. Paul was saying to the church in Ephesians, I know your doctrine is sound. I know your teaching is great. I know that you you understand the words and the ways of Scripture. But my fear is that no longer are you applying what it is that you know. No longer are you putting your knowledge into application. And that was the challenge that God was bringing to the church in Ephesians through Paul. Same thing today for us. Now I'm going to conclude with this scripture that I feel is for many people this morning. And then the courtyard will be open. The coffee cart will be out there. If you buy a coffee from the, 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 the courtyard coffee shop, it all goes to Vanuatu. Neil, you guys have, um, I'd say by the end of this week, paid for a water tank for um, the community in Timor. <laughs> well done. I think it's about... Uh, $1,400 or something like that. And, and how good's that? Just from coffee. So that water tank will be, we might get a photo of that and put that out near the coffee cart. Amen. We probably should double the price of the coffees now. <laughs> Seeing it's going so, just joking. So just in the midst of preparing this message, this, this last scripture that I want to give to you today, I believe is a, a Rima word, a, a revelation word from you. The Holy Spirit scripture. That they all are, but I think this one right now is applicable to all of us here this morning. 
in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul speaking to Timothy, he says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I felt that this morning. If I could just have a Lynn just to come and play, that would be great. I just felt that this morning that this scripture is for numbers of people this morning that for whatever reason you may have allowed or are allowing the gifts of God to remain dormant in your life. Paul had got to a journey in his life where no longer was he passionately serving others through using the gift that God had imparted to him through Paul. Paul, being a father in the faith, comes along and says, hang on, what's wrong with you, Timothy? You're no longer using the gift. And he reminds him about the importance of stirring up the gift of God. And of all that we've said this morning, I believe that those few thoughts there are the most important ones for you to hear and to take home and into this week. Therefore, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God. That is in you. There are people here this morning that need to get before God and stir up the gift of God again. To pray, to seek, to ask. The next verse of Scripture that follows on, I believe gives us an insight as to why and and, and a part of the reason why Timothy was no longer actively using the gift of God. And we find this verse of Scripture in the next verse. Because in verse 7, he says, I remind you to stir up the gift which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, this is more, more importantly the reason why he stopped actively serving and using the gift. He says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. The preceding verse would indicate that fear tries to stop the flow of God's gift within us. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear will try and stop us, but greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We must remind ourselves every time fear tries to stop us for this week for you i don't know what it may be what setting maybe in your connect group in your home group within your your relational world i really want to encourage you to be praying and talking and discussing this topic it's so so important in fact i heard it said once i think i said it i'm going to finish in a minute seriously it's getting bad now that when I don't use my gift, somebody in the body is missing out. Let's bow our heads and cl close our eyes as we pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to so thank you this morning. God, you've chosen us. Jesus, you've saved us. Holy Spirit, you've sealed us. God, you've gifted us. Help us this week, Lord, today as we just 
think on that thought to stir up the gift of God. Help each one of us right now in our minds. What does that look like before you? What does it mean to really stir the gift of God? So, Father, we just so welcome and so thank you for this time that we've had. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts. We're so thankful for your church, for your future, for the future that you have for your church in this community, but right across Australia as well. The greater days are before us, and we thank you for that. Everybody said amen.